Hola, you amazing artists. It's Rafi and Klee. And today we're going to talk about creating your artistic domain in public when you are showing your art. And the whole idea there was a conversation that we had with a few folks that uh, were showing their art for the first time and they were super nervous. Which is normal. Yeah, which is absolutely normal, uh, especially for us artists who, you know, uh, a lot of times, a lot of us are introverted and to be able to put ourselves out there in public, obviously we're going to have to face the fears of being an introvert and in having a conversation with somebody, uh, we had talked to them about what your booth space is like or what your area on a wall is like when you're doing it in a gallery or any kind of public setting and how to approach it so that you get rid of get rid of not necessarily get rid of the fear, but get rid of some of the some of the nerves that might be attacking in that moment. Or at least um, make the shift to understand that you're standing in your space, yes. your domain. Exactly. Welcome Everett to the chat. Hey, Everett. Uh, once again, you guys, if you have anything that you want to add to the topic, uh, just go ahead and list it in your comment section there. And uh, yeah, let's get going on this topic. Everett says, hey, Rafi and Klee, love this topic, especially with upcoming shows. Yeah, so we're all getting ready. Like we're getting towards the end of this whole uh, quarantine thing. And uh, so a lot of us are starting to do shows again or starting to do shows for the first time. Yeah. So. And the thing is that like when, so my perspective, and I'll just get right off the bat, my perspective, whenever I was setting up at shows was understanding that my booth area or whichever area that I was, that was my domain. That was my uh, home, basically. Anybody that walked into my booth area or walked into an area where I was displaying my art, um, they were walking to, into my space. You know, like basically I was the boss there because I think the fear is uh, not knowing what the response is going to be or what the reaction is going to be when people come in. You know, like we've done shows and we've had what I love to call the the smart asses Mm -hmm. that that walk past or walk into the booth. They do go to shows. Yes, they do go to shows. And, you know, they they're they're people that aren't there really to look at the art or anything. They're just there to uh, try and be funny in front of their friends. And if you're going out there and you're approaching the art world for the first time or you're putting your art out there for the first time and you run into one of these situations, it's really easy for for you to feel horrible uh, about the response because you'll think that it's a response to your art when in actuality it's not a response to your art. It's just somebody out there being, um, you know, a bag. (laughs) Of fill in the blank. Yes, exactly. Welcome Kirkman to the chat. Um, If you guys have any questions or comments or best practices as we go, we would love to hear those, obviously, during this live pod. Yeah, most definitely. Let us know, like, what is your biggest concern as far as putting your uh, artwork out there when it comes to somebody coming into your space or coming into the space? See, the, the perspective that I like to have on this is that whether or not I am doing it at a festival, I am doing it at a gallery, or if I'm showing art in my studio or at a yard and art sale or online or wherever it is, when somebody enters into my space, you know, it's kind of like somebody walking into your home. And when somebody does walk into your home, you know, they're expected to respect the space. So I think a lot of artists are afraid of like, if somebody comes in and they're being a total douche to be willing to tell them like, you know, you could go, yeah, you could leave. Um, so let's, let's use this to address topic. Number one, we can break this into several Mm -hmm. topics, right? Topic number one, art shows my presentations, not up to snuff. That's a fear that a lot of people face when we would set up at shows. Now I know that there are some shows out there that have like specifications as far as what they like to see at shows, but in general, art markets, art walks, things of that nature. We always set up our space in a way that made us feel good. Yeah. Regardless of whether it was the way of doing things. And I'm using air quotes here. Yeah. um, Because we wanted to feel good in our own space. So we would uh, deliberately do things to make it feel good to us. Yeah. In all honesty, like when, when it comes to a lot of the rules and regulations at art shows, like 
really a lot of them want like a white canopy. So that's something that you want to make sure that you have, mm -hmm. uh, because that's, that's, I don't know. It just makes the entire space look better than if there were just a hodgepodge of different color canopies. Um, and sometimes they do have rules as far as like what the walls are going to be and stuff like that. I don't think that we ever dealt with that because I created my own walls because I like the aesthetic mm -hmm. that it gave it. Like our, our booth was what you would consider artistically shabby chic. Yes, it was like, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. It, so it was like a lot of handmade signs, you know, out of, out of old wood crates and things like that, that said, you know, uh, follow us on, on social media and like, you know, art, uh, amazing art created by Rafi and Klee, you know, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so there was this, the reason that I did that wasn't the signage wasn't for the people walking into the booth. The signage was for us to feel right. like yeah. badasses in our space. Yeah. In, in one essence, we were working with whatever we had. And in another sense, it was like, yes, it was a reminder for us. Like, yes, you're walking into the Rafi and Klee space. It's quirky. It's fun. We don't take ourselves too seriously. Let's have a good time. Exactly. So I think that's like a, a component of setting up any space. Make sure that you're not um, dimming your own personality to try to fit in with the atmosphere that you think, you know, I got to do it a certain way to impress whoever that, that that's one of the issues that I've seen. Like I, I'll see artists and uh, jewelers, especially because they think that like the jewelry is supposed to be displayed a certain way. Mm -hmm. There's a standard to it. Uh, artwork is supposed to be displayed a certain way. Like a lot of people, um, they think that artwork professionally shown is, you know, you got blank white walls, everything is spaced a uh, certain distance, you know, like you have this huge space and you have only like a few pieces of art there because you want to be able to focus on that. Like my booth was never like that. My booth, I remember those shade cloth walls just cramming them with art. Yeah, we were packed to the gills we, with art and jewelry usually. Yeah, and I I always loved that because I loved looking into my space and seeing all the artwork. It's kind of the same way that we are with the house and mm -hmm. with the walls. I'm not going to put a single piece of art on one wall, I'm going to fill every surface of that wall as much as I possibly can. Somebody said to us, so oh, that's very European of you. That's how Europeans decorate. They, right. they, it's like all the wall space is full of artworks and things. And I personally love this aesthetic. Yeah, me so too. I'm all about it. Me too. And I know I did, but the thing is that like there it's, it's interesting because I think what complicates things is a lot of the perception of what the art world is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Right. And they even go back to like a lot of times they'll, they'll talk about like in the old times now at the Paris salon, the Paris salon uh -huh. where they used to, whatever, uh, the walls were just coated with art yeah. everywhere. And when you, uh, when back in the seventies, I forget who it was. Oh, what was her name? uh patty some, i forget who it was but she had she was a big supporter of jackson pollock and a lot of the artists of the time and so she would do her own gallery shows and a lot of times those walls like flipped around it was just weird like you'd walk in there it was like weird setup weird and innovative yeah cool innovative uh setup and just having fun with it whereas a lot of the museums or a lot of galleries started to take the approach of fine art being in a fine establishment yeah and as an aside i cracked up recently because i saw um a, a post from an art critic that we both have mad respect for that said contemporary galleries if you can't even budge your aesthetic enough to put a bench in your space for us old folks i'm not going to populate your galleries anymore <laughs> <laughs> like if a single bench is too much to ask for your minimalist oh aesthetic, that, that was jerry salts that was jerry yeah. salts yeah and it cracked me up because it's like gone to an extreme it is. It's so funny because I think that that's one of the things that makes it, it is one of the things that makes it complicated. There's this whole perception up out there of how work should be displayed. I remember when I first started showing my work, um, somebody was like, do not, do not ever let your artwork touch the ground, touch the floor. Mm -hmm. uh, do not lean your artwork. Do not this, do not that. Like there were all these rules. Like if you're going to display, it needs to be at a 90 degree angle. And if you're, you know, everything should be spaced apart by this much and blah, blah, blah. And I remember like over the, when I first started showing stuff, you know, at very, at the very first, I was like, okay, well, let me follow, let me follow these rules or whatever. But after doing so many shows, and seeing the results of what would happen, like I remember one show was so windy that 
I couldn't keep my walls up. No, because they were giant wind sails. No. So like I laid all my artwork on the ground where it wouldn't like pick. And I had a, I had things weighted down and stuff. I honestly sold more artwork at that show yeah. with my artwork laying on the ground than I did when the artwork was on the walls. So like little by little over time, as we've done more and more shows, I've realized that a lot of these rules as far as aesthetic of what the proper way is to show your art and all that stuff just kind of goes out the window. I think the important thing is like you said in the beginning that the space feels good to you, yeah. that it feels comfortable to you. Um, so that you feel comfortable. And we talked to an artist recently who, you know, we were talking about, you know, the fancier the show, the more stressful it can feel like right. somehow it changes things, but really it doesn't. Um, obviously try to follow their specifications for what you have to have. But yeah. aside from that, make it your space. I mean, it's, we do, we've done a lot of shows. We've done some like, you know, fancy. little, little podunk shows. We've done some extremely fancy shows. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that in both of those, like our, our display didn't change. No. Like we basically, we came in, we were like, yeah, I'm Rafi. Is. This is Klee. It doesn't matter what kind of show this is. We're going to do, uh, we're going to do what we do. And every show, I remember every show, it didn't matter whether it was a big show or a small show, we would at least get five or six people that would come in and say like, I really love this booth. I love the yeah. way that you guys have it set up it because feels great. Yeah. And that's because we made the booth feel cozy for us. Mm -hmm. Like we knew we were going to be at this show all day. And the, the last thing we wanted to do was do anything that was going to add pressure to it. So if you're there uh, trying to set everything up for the people that are there and essentially without even realizing it, sometimes seeking, seeking their approval. Approval. Yeah. Um, that's a highly stressful situation to be in. If you go to a show, which was always my approach, whatever show it was, even this last show that we did here in Oil City, you go to the show and you realize like, all right, I'm going to be hanging out for a few hours. I'm going to be talking to people, showing my art. How can I make this as comfortable for, you know, I'm going to bring a comfy chair. I'm going to uh, bring some music. Maybe I'm going to set this up in a way where like, this is cool. I'm just hanging out today. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that, that is most definitely step one, making sure that your environment is comfortable to you, that you are not trying to cater to this imaginary audience that's out there that's going to come see your booth. And this applies to a solo exhibition too, you guys, yeah. a fancy, fancy solo exhibition. So thing two, I think we've reached is greeting folks, Yes, right? This is the first time you open your mouth to speak to people who have just walked into whatever the space is. Mm -hmm. um, and I think just, well, I know for me, just the act of greeting people was hugely stressful in the beginning. I couldn't bring myself to say hello. Right. <laughs> I, I slowly got over that. Greeting folks, opening, opening that dialogue. Um, and for me, it's really simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. For me, what I realized is, Greet everyone with a hello and a smile. It doesn't have to be anything more than that. You're just letting them know that you're present. Yeah. That you care that they've walked in, that you care enough to say hello. And I think that that's where a lot of people feel that pressure, right? One of the things that I've, uh, we've even gotten comments on some of the videos where somebody will say, well, you forgot about closing the sale or you forgot about this, right? So like if you're going to a show and your whole intention is to sell and close the sale, right? From the moment that somebody walks in, they're basically like your mark and you are, you are constantly watching what you're, you don't want to say the wrong things. You want to make sure that you're able to um, guide them into buying this piece and then be able to close the sale. The amount of pressure that comes with that bullshit is so much. And like, honestly, you're not there for that. You're there just to meet somebody. If somebody walks into your booth, you know that they looked at your art and there was something that caused them to cross that threshold into your space. Mm -hmm. Think about how intimidating that is when you go to a show, how many times or, or like any kind of thing where like you're walking past something and maybe you're kind of interested, but there's still this kind of like hesitation, hesitation to walk into because you know that once you cross that threshold, you're walking into that space. Mm -hmm. And if the person inside that space is just there to sell, immediately you could feel that vibe. Yeah. And it, you don't want to get stuck 
there with yep. the salesperson. And let me tell you, if you are there treating people like marks, that energy is so whack, man. Like people can sense it a mile away yeah. and, and nobody wants that. Nobody not wants not that. only that, but then that's stressed. Then you're there. I mean, then you're working. You're there to you're there to work the crowd. You're there to work your booth. You're there to whatever. Instead of like just having a relaxing time and just having a conversation with people. And I think that that takes that edge off. If you just understand like, all right, I'm going to set my booth up as comfortably as possible. I'm going to put as much artwork as I get excited about and I'm excited to show. And then I'm going to be comfortable and I'm going to greet everyone because I want to have interactions with people and I want them to feel comfortable when they walk into my space. Yes. And, and that's the thing to remember. That's why I say like, this is your artistic domain. They have to walk through a threshold in order to come into your world. You are essentially the master of this world, the master of the, you're the one that has the most information on everything that is inside that booth. You are the expert, you are the pro. Anybody that walks into that booth, they're there to only find out information from you. And if anybody walks in and they think they know more about your art than you do, then they are sadly mistaken. And that's the thing, like you gotta remember that confidence that comes with understanding this is my space. And like, this is an inviting, comfortable space. I'm not here to try and sell you on something. I am just here to meet and interact with you. That really, really takes that edge off. It really takes that. That allows you to interact with people more like they're your friends or acquaintances rather than these strangers who, like you basically just said, they're just as afraid of you. Yeah, exactly. I always made myself available at shows. Um, A couple of logistical things. And of course, you don't have to follow this, but I found them useful. I always placed myself at the back of my space um, so that. My, I wasn't the first thing that a person saw coming into our booth. The art was the first thing they saw. Right. And then they saw me and then I would greet them. But that threshold is difficult for some people to cross. And if the artist is sitting right there at the threshold, sometimes that's enough intimidation to scare them off. I'm not even kidding. So I would put myself at the back of my booth. Um, I would usually be busy working on something, whether it was dusting or sketching a design or making notes in my notebook. I was busy but present um, because that took the pressure off myself and other people too, because then I I wasn't just sitting there staring at them the whole time they were there. Yeah. Again, it's like understanding that you want, you do want to create a comfortable environment for yourself and for the people that are walking in. Understand this. A lot of a lot of people that are out there trying to sell their stuff, they are there trying to sell their stuff. So you everybody that goes to these art shows or goes to like a farmer's market or, or goes to something, a lot of times they've gone through situations like that where even their response will uh, come at you, even if you're being genuine. And just so that you understand what that means is. So somebody might walk into your booth and you might just say an innocent hello, just because you want to say hello. And their response will be, I'm just looking. Uh-huh. Right. And a lot of people get offended by that, but you have to remember that when people are approaching other booths, like they've been there, maybe they've walked into like five, six, 20 booths already. Maybe they've been, somebody tried selling them on something and somebody else tried selling them and they just want to go in and look at the stuff and maybe have a, an innocent conversation. And by the time they get to your booth, they're already kind of fed up or on the defense or yeah. on the defense. And like, that's the thing to understand. It's like, there are two sides to this coin. You have the people that are there to look at the art, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to understand that not every artist is created equal. And I don't mean by the, by the artwork that they create or something, but I mean by the human that they are. If you, you've you got a lot of people out there that are trying to sell stuff. I remember being set up across from an artist who was like basically hot. He was just screaming at people like, hey, today only, today only, you could come into my, you know, it just seems so skeezy to me. Cause I was like, that's kind of, it's kind of gross. Absolutely like, gross. Like yeah. he, he might as well be selling like uh, raffle tickets or something like that. Like, so like, and, and, the way that he was going about it was really turning a lot of people off. And then those people, 
they got a different perception of the other artists that were there. Yeah. So like, it was almost like I knew that if anybody that had interacted with him was going to come into my booth, I knew that there was going to have to be some warming up. I was going to have to be gentle with these people because they had just had a bad experience. Yeah. They might be traumatized Ex walking. Into exactly. Your space. So, I mean, those are the things to that, that you want to be aware of your environment outside of your booth. You want to know what's going on and kind of put yourself in their shoes in that sense of like, what is their experience? Like, is this a good show to have for them to have an experience at? And what is going on to, with them by the time they get to the booth? And you kind of you kind of get a sense of that just being aware of outside. Now, you don't have any control over the environment outside of your booth. Right. Yeah. You know that 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 basically belongs. That is somebody else's domain. But within your booth, you could create a safe environment for everybody that walks in. A casual art centric sanctuary for people to actually have a good time. Yeah. And I and I use the word casual because my conversation with folks at shows always was casual. I would greet them. If they made a comment, uh, I would respond to the comment, not even about the art. Just a lot of people would say like, this is my first time here. And I would say something like, wow, I'm really glad you, you know, that you found us. Are you visiting from out of town or you just never made it this way before? And it would start a conversation basically the same way that you would talk to just anybody without that nervousness of trying to sell yeah just making conversation there to answer any questions they might have about your art or talk about your art but also just there to talk about whatever it is and some people don't want to talk to you at all yeah uh they just want to come in look do what they're going to do. I think, I think some people don't want to talk to you at all because that's kind of what the environment that they're expecting. Because they're freaked out. Too. They're freaked yeah. out. They think that if you're going to talk to them, you're just going to try and sell them mm -hmm. on something. And the thing is that like some people will change their tune right yeah. away, mm -hmm. um, especially the more and more that they come in. I know that a lot of people that, you know, we would do the market and the market was weekly. A lot of these uh, people that would walk into the booth, they wouldn't even communicate with me or or anything like that. I'd say hello and they would, you know, I'm just looking. Mm -hmm. And but after they had been there maybe a couple months and they had walked into my booth four or five times, then they became a little bit more open, a little bit more familiarized yeah. with with my person. I think that they understood that I wasn't there to sell them on something because I don't need to sell my art. I, I, I don't need to sell my my art speaks for itself yeah someone's either gonna connect with it or not exactly and i mean and that's 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 one of the reasons that i didn't feel as much pressure as a lot of some of the other artists that were around me because some of the other artists were like today only we got this going on we got mm -hmm. you know like that's really trying to sell something that really has to connect on a one-on-one -on -one level with someone yeah so let's just kill this concept right now about talking someone into your art because you're never going to do it if someone connects with your art on such a powerful level, there's almost nothing you could say that would stop them from taking it home if they can afford it. Yep. And if someone doesn't connect with your art on that level, there's nothing you can say to talk them into taking it home with them. So you're never talking someone into your art. Right. You're never closing the sale. And knowing that to, for me takes the pressure off. You're just making conversation. So as long as you're having a good time and you're having keeping it casual and your energy's good, that's really all you're doing. The thing is, so I would say instead of instead of closing the sale, you have this conversation with somebody. Let's say that someone is on defense for some of your art, sure. right? It even in that sense, you don't want to try and close the sale. What you're going to want to do is give them the opportunity to contact you later on because what'll happen and this has happened to me Countless so times. many times where somebody will contact me later on because they'll say something like, I can't stop thinking about that piece. Do you have, Oh God, I hope you still have that piece. Mm -hmm. Do you have that piece? And sometimes you do. And sometimes you don't. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. And that, you know, I, I actually have collectors now that as soon as they see a piece that they like, they buy it right away because they had that happen to them in the past where right. they did not buy something and it wasn't there and anymore. it wasn't there anymore. Yeah. But, but I mean, the, the thing about that is that the art's going to sell at no point in time. Am I trying to close a sale? Right. And, and that's, that's what takes the pressure off for me because I'm just there to meet people. I'm just there to talk about 
talk about my art with other people. I'm always so fascinated to find out what it is that they see when they look at the art, mm -hmm. because that really opens up a dialogue. And in that sense, then I'm interested in what they have to say, because I am genuinely interested in, in what, what they see and what they see and what they say. So like this opens up a lot of very genuine conversations. Yeah. And a lot of times the person that walks into the booth, uh, they might remember the art, but mostly they remember the conversation that they had with me. Absolutely. Um, and that's only because I wasn't there to try to sell them on something. I wasn't making, adding extra pressure to myself by trying to sell something. And I was just meeting somebody, just meeting a person. I don't know if I'm ever going to see them again, but I might. Mm -hmm. So like the impression that I leave on that person really is what matters to me. Not in the sense that, oh, they might like me, they might not like me. Just that if I am going to have a conversation with them, I want it to be genuine. I don't want it to be, oh, let me pretend to be genuine because then that means that I'm going to sell my art. Right. You know, like I want it to be real. And we're also touching on something else here, which is that a huge percentage of this experience of putting yourself out there does not involve talking about your art. No. But then there's the other percentage, right? which is talking about your art. And yeah. I think a big, huge thing for a lot of artists is I don't know what to say about my art, or I don't think what I have to say is interesting enough or good enough or blah, 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 blah. That, that's where the fear stems from right. in these interactions. And my best advice, everybody's experience is going to be different. Everybody's art is different. Where it's coming from is different. It's very personal, but just be as genuine and simple as you can. Yeah. Like you, you do not need to make things up to try to make it more impressive. You just be honest and, and authentic about where you're coming from. We met a lady, uh, we went to a pop-up gallery exhibition uh, in Florida and we met this lady, she's an artist out of Louisiana. And I was fascinated visually by her art. I was intrigued by it. And we went to talk to her and she, you could tell she was very joyful and just a very fun woman to talk to. And her explanation for her art, we were like, where does this come from? First thing out of her mouth was, you know, I don't know, but let me elaborate on that. Yeah. She said, I lay down colors and textures kind of stream of consciousness like, and then I sit back and see what jumps out at me. Yep. I find the faces. I find the faces I find the in faces. the art. Yeah. I discover the narrative and then I pull those elements out of the painting. Simple as that. And I was like, super enthralled with this work and yeah. with her and it was it was interesting because like she wasn't she wasn't making shit it wasn't like all fancy and like deep meaning it was just kind of like i do because she did uh pores acrylic pores i do the pores and then after i do these pores these elaborate pores then i look to see what's in there that jumps out at me mm -hmm. what the narrative is what the story is and i love that and especially because for years not for years even now a lot of times I'm working on a piece and I just, I like this color. Ooh, I want to do this, whatever. Totally. Oh, I, I, I want to do this texture here. I want to do that there. And I have no idea what the narrative is until after the piece is done. And I sit down with the piece and just kind of like investigate it myself. And that's, that's the thing to understand is that when you're having a conversation with somebody, Basically, all you do is sharing opinions about your art. Like, yes, you created the art, but in all honesty, your 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 way of seeing your own art is simply your opinion. Totally. Because the moment that someone else sees it, then it's it, it becomes their opinion. The narrative changes on your art. And that's what's really interesting to find out. Now, a lot of times I know that artists have a hard time talking about their art. I think a lot of that comes down to the insecurity mm -hmm. of thinking that they don't know enough. Right. It's imposter syndrome to a degree. Yeah. Imposter syndrome. So like the idea of investigating their, their own art and just finding whatever it, it doesn't even matter what it is. It could be anything. It could be like, I, you know, uh, yellow flowers bring me joy. Yeah. Which is why I love painting yellow flowers. I would say things like, uh, this, this dependent design reminds me of lanterns, old lanterns, mm -hmm. the way the light comes through the stone. I love it. I remember there was that one piece that you did where the stone actually looked like a Japanese ink drawing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that was, you were like, this stone, this piece is inspired by the stone. Yeah, it check like out Japanese. the stone. Yeah. Or, dudes, I'm obsessed with this technique. Check out how delicate and strong it is at the same time. I yeah. love that duality. Simple stuff like that. 
Yep. Just pick out the elements that y excite you and share those, whether it, it's the process or the emotion. And the thing is that it's all different art. So like I have some pieces where when, if they ask me about what, what is this piece about? I'll tell them like, this is from when I left corporate and this is a visual representation of a moment in time where the blinders came off, mm -hmm. you know, and it's a very dark piece or it seems like a dark piece. So a lot of people will ask. So like, there are some pieces that definitely like that story that's that's my story for that piece. It, it has a story. Some pieces, I got to find a story after I create it. Like, I got to look at the story. Yeah. So like, and the thing is that the story may be a deep one. It may not. It may just be like, you know, this combination of colors and, and the way that this looks, it reminds me of a landscape that just makes me feel happy. 100%. And that's why I created it. Yeah. And so like, when you're talking about your art, I think the worst thing the worst myth that's out there is that you could get it wrong. It's subjective. It's your opinion. You know, I, I see so many things uh, out there from art critics that they're like, well, this art, da, 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 you know, and this and whatever. And the thing to understand about any kind of criticism, whether it is art criticism, film critics, or whatever it is, basically what you're dealing with is a person's opinion yeah. on a work of art. And that's it. And so like when you, you are just as qualified to give your opinion about your own art, actually you're more qualified to give your opinion about your own art than anyone else out there. You are literally the ruling <clears throat> deity of the universe that is your art. Exactly. Like you do not have any reason to feel like not the expert when it comes, nobody can explain your art better than you. And even if you've been telling yourself that you can't, that's not true. And that's the thing to understand. That's, that's why I say when, when somebody walks into your booth, they're walking into your domain, mm -hmm. your domain, this is your world that they just walked into. And so there is no reason for you to feel weak, uh, not good enough or anything when it comes to when you're showing your art, what happens with a lot of artists is that they think that you know, they think that they're just kind of standing off in the sidelines uh, while everyone else is kind of in control of their destiny, right? Because a lot of artists approach like, let's say a market or a gallery or something like that, where it is the buyer that has all the power, right? Right. These are the people that are walking around with money in their wallets. I want their money in my wallet. And so I have to put together a good show. I need, I need for them to acknowledge me and, and and know that I'm a good artist because then they'll buy from me. That is such a crock of, <laughs> yeah, that is, it's just, it, it's, it doesn't work that way. And anybody out there that approaches it from that, I mean, it's just way too much pressure. You're the expert when it comes to your art. You're the expert when it comes to your space. If somebody comes in, like I said uh, earlier in the podcast, you might get one of those dumb hecklers that come by that just they make some joke because they're trying to make their friends laugh. Even in that sense, even their stupid opinion only matters to them totally. and no one else. And maybe they're dumb friends too, but yeah, maybe they're usually when that would happen, their, their friends would be like, come on, dude. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so like, but it, you got to remember that this is your space. This is your domain. This is your artwork you're in charge, you're in charge, no one else, right? If you give the person that may potentially buy your art all the power, like, oh, I, I have to be subservient to them and, and do whatever I can do so that I can make the sale, then you're basically handing away all your power. Mm -hmm. That's that's one of the main reasons that I tell people, like, don't go to these shows to try and sell art, because if you do, you're just, you're, you're putting yourself in a really, a, disempowering position. If yeah. you're there to just meet people, understanding full well that your art, that conversation that you have with someone on the opinions of your art um, and your art in of itself, those are the things that are going to sell your art, right? The, an, an artwork is sold before you even open your mouth. And that's what you have to remember. If you're, if you're there to just meet people and you're not there to sell, and you're not there to try and impress anyone else with your art, 
you're taking all that pressure off of yourself for us artists as introverts like yeah it, that is difficult because one of the reasons that we are introverted in the first place is because we're trying to make a good impression we think that there might be something wrong with us sure. like we're the Most awkward of us one do. Yeah. yeah we're the awkward one we're the we're the one that what and it's like no 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 embrace that because everyone is awkward yeah. be awkward be weirdo you know be the glorious awkward weirdo that you are people I don't want to say like it's expected, but it it almost kind of is expected. Artists are kind of eccentric, uh, usually in a good way, usually in a fun, enjoyable oh, way. All of us are dorks. We're weird. We say awkward things. Just embrace it and have fun with it. That's the biggest thing that and I learned. If you're just having fun with it, then you really can't steer yourself wrong. And you are so right. I mean, we have we have our rogue artist community on uh, Patreon, right? And I think of every single one of them, and I think of their own unique weirdnesses and the way that they approach and their sense of humors. And, and it's just, it is such a beautiful, diverse group yeah. of weirdos. I love it so much. I remember we were at a pretty big fancy art show one time. You had won an award, I think, at the show. Mm -hmm. and. I was there obviously in support of you, but I also was just there to be a patron of this show. And I remember looking around the room and there were some particularly eccentric artists and patrons there at this show. And I just thought to myself, man, I love this. Look at this. There's this lady over here with her eyes closed, feeling the energy of the artwork with her hands. Like, oh this yeah, guy I remember that. Having this great conversation. Like, just all these glorious eccentric people and i just loved it so much i highly recommend that you patron some art shows and oh just absolutely soak it in soak in the the weirdness soak in the awkwardness uh make take note for yourself of what's off-putting to you and what's amazing to you and just be there to experience that because when when thinking about how to interact with other humans right also think to yourself well, what do I like in social settings? Yeah. How do I like to be approached and how do I like to converse? Because that'll really help you understand and inform your choices being on the flip side of that. Yeah, because basically you want to be you want to be like what you'd like to run into. Right. Yeah. None of us want to run into like, look at that guy. Everything he says and does is just perfect. <laughs> and profound and profound like you don't you you want to meet somebody who's dorky makes you laugh um laughs at the same jokes that you do mm -hmm. uh has a wicked sense of humor or even a dry sense of humor or no sense of humor or yes a sense of humor like everyone has some semblance of a sense of humor at least mm -hmm. but like and that's the thing it's like you don't want to meet people that are normal because a you wouldn't even know what to do with yourself because there's no such thing as normal and b you it that's the spice of life you know so like we we got a little bit off the subject but this is so important to your domain and understanding that like this is your domain you're going to have different personalities enter your space and like i said it's either an art booth where you're setting up for an art booth some of you guys, you don't want to do art shows anymore. I mean, Clea and I have really, we were doing like three shows a week. We do barely any art shows at this point. But, you know, even when you're doing a gallery show, you also have to keep that in mind. When you're doing anything where you're putting your artwork out there, you want to keep that in mind. This is your domain. How you approach it is what really gives you that confidence and that empowerment in putting your stuff out there mm -hmm. um you know a, a lot of us go through that period of time where we are desperately trying to sell and it's just everything that we do is kind of laced with that right it's like no 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 i'm i'm not trying to sell things but then you you know you yes you are you really are you're trying to seem like you're not and but the thing is that that all bleeds through because it does put a major amount of pressure on on you. And when it doesn't sell, then you're highly discouraged and highly disappointed. Whereas if that's not the actual reason that you're there, you got to understand the sales will come. Every work of art that you create will sell. Mm -hmm. 
It just needs to find its person. Its person will buy it when they see it. Your job is to create art. And in order to let your art find that person, you got to put it out there a lot. So the last thing you want to do is make shows a stressful, exhausting situation that you don't want to do. And even if it's, you know, online stuff, like you don't want to make it exhausting. No, I mean, and that's the thing. You could pick shows. I mean, there was a while there where I wasn't doing the market anymore um, during the summertime because it was just too hot and it was miserable. But then during that period of time where the air would get a little bit more crisp and it's kind of like a fall day to me, I was like, well, this is perfect. I could set up my art, you know, and just sit here on a fall day mm-hmm. and enjoy sitting out here for four or five hours, meet some people like this is enjoyable to me. And that's the thing to understand. Like you could you could approach shows that are enjoyable, um, even if you don't do shows, just figuring out like just a small show where you set up. Yeah. We did the the thing here in Oil City. That was a very small show. We had a great time. We had a great time because it wasn't a big, stressful setup. It was just a small thing. Mm-hmm. And we got to meet a bunch of people and have great conversation. And bonus, we sold stuff. Yeah, we did. And we met a bunch of great people. Um, if shows are brand new for you, I highly recommend that you bring someone with you to the show who makes you feel empowered and who who also brings someone with you to the show that you have a good time with, yeah. that gets you laughing. And if you don't have someone to bring with you, Rafi and I did a ton of shows together, obviously. We did plenty of shows by ourselves too, back in the divide and conquer days yeah. or the Rafi's done with summer days. Um, chat up your neighbor and see if you can't strike up a conversation with your show neighbor. You know, if they're not, if they're not chatty, then that could be tricky. I've had both scenarios, but start a conversation with your neighbor. See if you can't get a lighthearted conversation going just to get you talking, just to get you comfortable I think in your just, environment. Just talking to anybody. I mean, one of the one of the issues was when we would do shows together or I did shows by myself Yeah, um, was that I would walk off. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many times like I'd walk away from my booth and I'd totally forget that I was there. So you did that when you were by yourself at shows too? Yeah, I did that too oh, yeah. <laughs> when I was there by myself. <laughs> then somebody, one of the other artists in another booth would come and find me. They were like, hey, somebody's in your booth. They want to buy something. And I'm like, oh, crap. Okay. And then I'd go back. So yeah, I was I was terrible, terrible with just staying. I, I don't, you know, I think a lot of that has to do that, you know, I grew up in the family business i had to work the jewelry store Mm -hmm. so basically it was go to school and then go home and then i was just standing by a showcase for like six hours and my job was to sell right what was there and um i hated it i hated it you know i i enjoy interacting with people and i enjoy um i think that if you have a product that needs to be sold, right? Then your product's not original. Right. And that's 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 the truth of it. When it comes to art, it's all original. Yeah. There, there is no competition. Even if you create stickers and that artist over there creates stickers or you do postcards and that artist does postcards, they're not the same. If you do calendars and they do calendars, it's not the same. It's all original stuff. There's no need for you to try and sell it because it's going to speak for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that's that just it's getting that pressure out of there. And really over the years, we've done so many shows that I have realized that that mindset of like needing to sell stuff really, really hurt a lot of when when I first started putting my art out there, it was when I started to loosen up that it was almost like day and night from one moment to the next, all of a sudden I was actually selling more art because I wasn't trying to sell more. art. Totally. You know, it's funny because I knew that back in the day before I launched my art career, I knew that when I worked in retail, even I worked for a craft store, even when I worked for the health food store, my attitude to the chagrin of my employers probably was I'm not here to sell you stuff. I'm here to help you find what you need if you're looking for something here. Right. Um, and it's kind of the same with my art. I'm here to help you. If I'm here to interact with you, if you see something, if, if there's something that speaks to you, I'm totally here for you. If not cool, 
I'm over here dusting this thing yep. or whatever. Um, but I didn't realize that at first either because I thought mistakenly like you know you gotta sell your you, you gotta you gotta close this and sale. i was like i don't want to i hate that idea <laughs> well it's interesting because you know well i was never off to the side dusting or anything i was just sitting there kind of like looking at people when they walked in and i'd <laughs> smile all big like hello you know or like i'd see them looking at my my trees my my trees was my favorite because like i had the line set up like so you like my trees yeah you know and that would usually get a smile out yeah. of them yeah that would get a smile out of them or they would walk in or i'd see them intensely looking at a piece and i'd just go up and ask them like so what do you see when you when you look at this right because i was genuinely interested mm -hmm. you know um i've walked into boots and i've looked at a piece just like kind of staring at it and the artist will come up to me and be like i'm selling that one for 150. And I, in my mind, I'm like, I didn't even fucking ask you that, that question. That is a that is a terrible opener. It's a terrible opener on both sides. Yeah. For the patron and the artist, never open with price. Yeah. I've had people walk in, and their opening question to me was, w "Let's talk finances. Would you take blah 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 blah?" I'm like, "Nice to meet you too." Yeah. <laughs> Can we at least have dinner first? It's so funny. I had one lady, uh, you know, and that's the thing, like you got to understand your booth is your domain. Here's the perfect example. I'm in my booth. I've got a, this beautiful piece that uh, I was very excited about. This lady comes in and she's like, how much are you selling that piece for? And I said, I've got that piece for $400. And she said, will you take 200? <clears throat> and I was like, I looked at her. I was like, 200. Do you want to give me half? 50% off on the piece that I just, I told you it's 400. You're going to offer me 200. And she's like, come on, you could take 200. It's a good deal. And I'm like, good deal for who? For you? Like, no, you know, and I was so put off by this lady that I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not giving you the piece. Later on that night, a gentleman walked in, stood in front of the piece, stared at it, left, came back, stared at it, left came back, stared at it, started crying mm -hmm. at one point. And I remember asking him like, are you all right? And he's like, there's something about this, this work that is just really, I don't know. It just really connects with me. And he's like, uh, how much? I was like, this piece is 400. And he was like, I don't, I don't have 400. Yeah. And then I remember him leaving and I was like, okay. And then he came back. He's like, listen, we do you take late i all i have right now is is 200 bucks i could give you the rest of the money next month and i remember telling him like at that moment i was like i'll take 200 for it mm -hmm. and i gave it to him for 200. now that's not one of those things that i'm like go ahead and give your stuff away for for 50 off but at the same time it just shows you you're in control of your domain and you get to make the final choice in your space mm -hmm. you're the boss and if you want to give a piece away you can give a piece away if you want to sell it at full price or triple the price then you could do that because you are the expert on your artwork you are the expert on you you're the only person that knows your artwork as intimately as as anyone out there you know, and so like your opinion of your art and what happens with your art is completely in your control. And so like, you don't have to worry about hagglers. You don't have to worry about people trying to talk you down on a piece or offer you a dollar. I, I've had people come in. It's like, would you take a dollar for it? And I just laugh in their face. I'm like, you're ridiculous. Get out of my booth. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's just you're you're in charge. And so there's no reason to be nervous about showing your art or interacting with people and let's say that you're at a show where it's you know being judged been we've done a lot of uh shows where like they're doing the judge for the you know first place prize and all mm -hmm. that stuff and i've won i've won a few um awards the thing to understand there is like even if somebody is judging your art like you're still the expert mm -hmm. right this person is just giving their opinion and their opinion is usually biased depending on what kind of art they like. A lot of times these shows hire 
other artists. I know that I've juried shows and things yeah. like that. I have I have certain art that I like. Everyone has that, biases. Yeah, yeah, that really like certain colors and things like that. So mm -hmm. if I see something like that, I'm like, oh, that shit's cool. You know, like I'm just. It doesn't mean that any of the other art is bad. It just means they're like, oh, I, I really dig this one. This, you know, I'd probably buy this one. So like that's the thing to understand. That doesn't make me an expert on that person's art or anybody else's art. That makes me an expert on my own opinion of art. But as far as their art is concerned, they're the experts. As far as your art's concerned, you're the expert. As far as your area and your booth, you're the one in charge. That's your domain. You make it comfortable for you and understand this is your area. When somebody walks through that threshold, they're walking into your space, your domain, whether it is a gallery show, whether it is a booth at a market, whether it is an art walk, whether it is your garage because you're doing a yard sale mm -hmm. or whether it is your studio where you are doing invitation only or an open studio. It is your space. Don't ever be afraid or nervous to interact with people because they're walking into your space, your domain. Okay. And I'm curious to know if you guys uh, that are listening, we've got some awesome folks here. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for being thank here you. with us. Let, let us know if you have any questions for us um, on this subject or if there's anything that we might have missed. We're getting ready to wrap, but I'll tell you guys a fun story. One of my more empowering moments, actually, I had a uh, gentleman walk into my booth at one of the farmer's markets and um, he was looking at a piece of mine and he said, I really like this pendant. I said, thank you. And he said, I got to be honest with you. I really hate the way you bezeled this, but I love the pendant itself. And I immediately recognized like this is would would have been one of those scenarios where I would have turned bright red. I would have clammed up. I would have whatever. Right. And I think because I'd been doing it for a while, I said, fair enough. You a jeweler? And he said, yeah, I do a bit, a bit of metal smithing. I'm like, okay, so this guy has opinions about what he likes. Yeah, he he yeah. does this too. He's whatever it is. So anyway, uh, instead of it turning into an awkward situation, it ended up turning into a pretty great conversation <laughs> that I had with this guy. And then we went our separate ways. He didn't purchase anything. He was just there to see the art and visit with folks. But that was one of those moments that I remember because it was my space and I had a choice in that moment to be offended by this guy, to argue with him, to kick him out of my booth, to clam up. And I didn't. And I was really proud yeah. of that moment. And that was one of those things that stuck with me going forward of like, you don't have to even be affected at all. By I, I mean, there is nothing like the uh, comments and opinions of other artists Especially if, you know, for a, a lot of times, like you'll, I, I know, I know because I was one of them, uh, you're out there, you're showing your stuff, you're at a show, right? Mm -hmm. And you're showing your artwork, right? And here I come along. Now I've never shown my artwork. Uh -huh. I've, you know, I'm a closet artist. I'm, <laughs> I'm too scared to show my artwork, but I want people to know that I'm an artist. Right. Right. So I'll go to uh, someone else's booth. And just kind of look at their art and be like, you know, this is, this one's good. I probably would have done this a little bit differently, mm -hmm. you know, um, because I want them, I don't want to tell them directly. I want them to ask me like, are, are, are you, you an, an artist? artist? You're, you're not even criticizing their work at that point. You're simply announcing, announcing that you're an artist. That you're yeah. An artist. yeah. So like, you know, I did that, uh, back when I wasn't, I was totally, honestly, I was, I was kind of a little, I was a little douchey. Right. I was a very opinionated person who was not actually putting their stuff out there, but I was criticizing other people's art. Um, luckily, I'm not that anymore. I've changed a lot as a human, but it wasn't I wasn't doing it because I was a douchebag. I was doing it because I was super insecure. And like, that's the thing to understand. A lot of times when you're running into uh, a situation like that, where somebody makes a comment or says something that could usually it's coming from somebody that's insecure. And honestly, any of the artists that I had that conversation with and they were like, oh, you're an artist, like da, 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 da. They'd, you know, they'd, they'd rub in like, where have you shown your art? Yeah. And I'd be like, well, not really anywhere. And then, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't totally squash me. They just kind of like, 
have that com an open conversation with me, but also sort of put me in my place at the same time in a loving way. <laughs> yeah. And I absolutely appreciated that. Uh, and I appreciate it even, especially now that like I am showing my art and interacting with people because it gave me an understanding. These artists understand that this is their space, mm -hmm. right? And I just entered their space and I'm trying to take over basically like, yeah. well, I would have done this differently, you know, like stuff like that. Kirkman said, great input. I definitely need to believe in myself and stand my ground. As an emerging artist, what advice would you give regarding people saying you're not an artist or your prices are too high? Okay. So A, the more you put yourself out there, the more you're going to run into people that say that your prices are too high and that your prices are too low. Yeah. Uh, we've heard it so many times. Yeah, my prices are too low. My, even till this day, my prices are too low. My prices are too high. Um, so like that, again, that's relative, that's subjective to the person, whatever they believe is the cap on their finances. That's what it is. And as far as anyone saying that you're not an artist, here's the thing that, and it, this, this is just to make it really, really simple for you. You create art, right? You create art. That makes you an artist. You create music, you're an artist. You're a music artist. You create paintings, you're an artist. You create sculpture, mugs. Uh, you, you build a, and bake a sculpture out of clay in your yard, then you are an artist. The, the, that whole idea that somebody is not an artist until someone else approves of them is a myth that is created in order to propagate the insecurity that's out there. And I'm not saying that like a group created it or anything like it's not like Illuminati. We're like, <laughs> Oh, artists, you know, like it's nothing like that. It's just, it is, it is an insecurity that is bred by insecurity and it has just kept on being this thing that is used as a weapon of well you can't call yourself a real artist because you don't use oil paints well you can't call yourself a real artist because you don't have the education or you're self-taught well you can't call yourself a real artist because uh you don't use you use your hands when you paint and you don't use brushes or you don't use this brand or you don't uh paint while standing on one leg with your arm behind your back i mean it's it's ridiculous um the way that that gets tossed around there and it's always a bout of insecurity where somebody has to put someone else down in order to make themselves feel better and the best way to do that as an artist is to put down someone's technique put down the materials that they use or put down the fact that oh well you haven't sold anything so you're not an artist and the thing to remember is that, yes, you are an artist, right? You are an artist. Are you a, I don't know, a career artist? Maybe not until you sell something or a professional. I, I don't know. Like, all I know is that I don't call myself a professional artist. I call myself a contemporary artist, right? On my email. An artist who happens to be alive at this current Yeah, exactly. Time. <laughs> that's that's all a contemporary artist is. It just sounds good. I'm like, yeah, I'm contemporary. It does have a nice way <laughs> you to know? It. But I mean, but but you're an artist. And that I get that and I understand that question because that was I would say that that insecurity right there was one of the biggest insecurities that kept me from really putting myself out there as an artist for years mm -hmm. for years it wasn't until uh 10 10 or 11 years ago when you and i started putting our artwork out there and i really started to face that right because one of my biggest um challenges was my dad yeah coming by my booth every you know day and being like what is this what it what kind of art that's not real art, blah, 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 blah. You know, and even, you know, and then laughing at my stuff because he's he's kind of a dick that way, but at the same time, he's super supportive. He just, he likes what he likes and anything that he doesn't like, he puts it down. Well, little by little, I started to realize that like, oh, I don't care. Yeah, that's exactly I don't care it. if he thinks I'm an artist. I don't care if anyone thinks I'm an artist. 
like, let them say that I'm not an artist, you know? And the thing is that the same vigor that I have with that now is what I had in the beginning. And it's what I needed to really get me over that of if anyone comes to you and says, well, you're not an artist because dot, 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 dot. Then you tell them, then my, my response was, would be like, well, you're kind of really full of shit. <laughs> you're right. What have I been doing in what this art I studio? I don't know where I am. <laughs> I knew something felt off. It's really hilarious to me that anyone thinks that they can tell a creative human that they're not an artist. Like, you don't get to say that. And if you do say it, it still doesn't mean anything. There was, it doesn't mean anything. There was one guy that got really upset. He was like, you can't call yourself an artist. That's like calling yourself a doctor. And I was like, do you do realize that that's, that's an educational... Doc that's You got you to gotta get a doctor. You, you have to become a doctor. Yes. You got to go to school for that. It's a level of it's education. a level of education. Yes. Being an artist is not a level of education. No, there's no dot art. No, uh, on anyone's uh, you know preceding anyone's name. If you make art, you're an artist. I dare anyone out there to argue with me. Go yep. ahead. And Kirkman <laughs> Studios. If anybody, if anybody, um, as an emerging artist, if anybody tries to uh, tell you that you're not an artist. Tell them that you went to school and I've got, I've got the t-shirts that I created mm -hmm. that is uh, from Staffa. Tell them that you went to Staffa, that you got your degree at Staffa. Self-taught is beep academy. Yeah. Also <laughs> um, just touching on the pricing thing. Uh, yes. I think you're going to hear it. You're going to hear that your prices are too low. You're going to hear that they're too high. I don't know a single artist who's ever put their work out there who at some point didn't hear oh, yeah. these things. Everyone's got an opinion. Everyone is living on a different budget. Um, what seems really expensive or inexpensive to one person we all know is going to not, it's not the same across the board. You don't owe anybody any explanation. So as far as what you say you don't have to say anything yep. um, and you don't have to be affected by it just understand that people are living remind yourself that people are living under different financial circumstances some people are going to be super offended by your pricing no matter what you have your work priced at. yeah i would always say to people um you know if it, it's too high or it's too low uh i would always let people know you know like i follow a formula i price my work i feel like my pricing is very fair it's not for everyone i understand that but i'm doing pretty well for myself it's not thank for you and good day it's not for <laughs> everyone is a great way to look at that yeah like you know and the thing is what you want to make sure is that you're comfortable if you are comfortable with your prices yes you definitely then your prices be. are good if yeah. you are comfortable now if you are giving somebody a price and you are slowly dying and cringing on the inside um then then that's something that you want to investigate you want to investigate your prices you want to get them at a level where you're comfortable with your price you can't say the price without throwing up in your mouth you have some work to do yeah emotionally or mathematically yeah. one or the other and mm -hmm. and the thing is making sure you know like whatever the price is you got to be okay with it i've had people tell me that my art is that I need to raise my, you need to raise your price. You need, you know, it's funny how when people do that, cause people will look at it, uh, that there's always this like anger attached to it, right? Whether it's too much, you know, it's like your prices are too high. They oh, get very upset. you know, or if they're too like, you need, you need to raise your prices. Why aren't you, your prices are, you know, and it's funny cause it'll be somebody who's just about to buy it. Like you really need to raise your prices. I'll be like, well, I can raise them right now. Take advantage of it. It's going to happen <laughs> in five, four, three, two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. You. Thank you. Thank you, Kirkman. Thank, Kirkman thank you. said, thank you both. You always make me feel validated and give me the motivation to push forward. Need to buy a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you guys are absolutely awesome. Yes, for thank you so much this. for being here with us. Thank uh, you, Esther. Thank you, Everett. Thank you, Kirkman. Virginia. Virginia's yeah. here as well. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here. Especially uh, as we're still working out our live streaming schedule and stuff's been a little on the random side as far as yeah, time it really slots has. and things. It really has been. Now, what we're hoping to do is for the podcast, we want to do the podcast live weekly. Mm -hmm. We're picking a day. It's probably going to be uh, Monday. We're looking at Monday. Monday in the mm -hmm. afternoon or maybe Monday night. Um, any of you guys want to chime in on that, go ahead and leave a comment on the podcast. 
And uh, because what we want to do is do it live. And we also have the ability to do call-ins. So we want to call like some art galleries. We want to talk to other artists, get their opinions, mm -hmm. um, bring them in on the show. Uh, because man, so many of the creatives that we do, even our rogues, um, the amount of inspiration and the amount of experience yeah. that they have every artist out there that I've interact with has something to add to the experience, to the conversation, to the conversation. Yep. And it's oh so important, I think, for artists to really connect and really embrace and really support one another. Because and honestly, share the info, share yeah. the information and put it out there. Yep. And um, yeah, I actually have a few rogues that I'd love to uh, to get on here, get on get here on and call. Do, do some call ins totally. and, and talk about specific subjects. So yeah, so that's the future of the podcast. Again, I'm glad to say that the podcast is back, but as we work out all the bugs and stuff, we might be, you know, <laughs> a little inconsistent but, here. But we'll get there. We will get there. Yeah, we'll get there. You guys, thank you for joining us tremendously and thank you for your input and just for showing us love. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys so much. And uh, yeah, so let's do the sign out here. All right. And thank you guys so much for listening. You guys are absolutely amazing. I freaking adore you. And if you like this and you'd like to subscribe to our uh, podcast, no matter where it is that you're listening from, I'm pretty sure they have a subscribe button there. And yeah, that's it. You want to say goodbye, Clee? Good evening. Good day. Good creating. <laughs> <All> <laughs> that right. was a bit longer than All usual. All right, you guys. Adios. <laughs>